He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a rat. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 22 of A Good Talk Spoiled. I'm Bobby Donnelly and we have the full team here this week. I'm joined by Barry O'Hanlon. Hey, Barry. Hey, guys. Uh, we have James here again as well. Hey, hey James. Hey. Good. Uh, well done last week. Um, good hosting. Very Thanks impressed. Very much, yeah, yeah. Got, got a few compliments on it. I was oh. kind of worried I wouldn't be taken back. Well, we didn't want you back, well, but we felt we had to. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're on trial this week, Nebo. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about my spot now. It might, might be gone next week. It might be you back in the hospital. You should put it week. up to a vote after yeah. this week and see who wants uh, who Hashtag wants James it. or Bobby. Can we vote them both out? And as you heard, I'm joined by Alan. How's things, Alan? Very good. Very good. Uh, okay, well, this week uh, we're going to have a look back at the weekend's golf. There was a lot of uh, brilliant golf, really, between the European Tour, US Tour, and the Senior Tour. And there's also been some golf uh, yesterday, the US Open qualifying results. We'll have a look at the Top 200 competition, the Week 22 update. And then this week we're going to have a catch-up. We discussed the Ryder Cup um, update previously. We had a look at what, who we think are going to make it. So ba- based on the fact there's been some big events, we're going to have a look at where the Ryder Cup standings are at the moment and who we think is going to make it based on the existing standings. We'll have a look then to next week, some very good events on next week. And then that'll, that'll be more or less be it. So as we always do, we always start off with our rules-related question. And I was away last week, but you took the lead last week, Barry. 11-10, you're now leading. I did, it's nice. But neither of us can ever seem to get away from the other. Um, yeah, it's all very tight. I feel this is my week, though. Good yeah. feel, I have a good feeling about this one. Yeah, I think... Um, okay, well, let's get straight down to it. So. Right before the fall there, Alan. Yeah, exactly. I've given you a bit of a special mention, James, in this one, so oh. my, my golfer is called James for this example. Oh, thanks very much. You're welcome. That's your present for last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James is playing golf on a very wet day. He hits his ball into a bunker which has casual water in it. The water is completely covering the first half of the bunker, and the ball is in that water. Which of the following options is in accordance with the rules? A. James can drop outside the bunker at the nearest point of relief, but not near the hole. B, James can drop outside the bunker but has to take a penalty shot. Or C, James has to drop in the bunker so can use the nearest point of relief, which means going near the hole in this example. Uh, Barry, you're first. Okay, so the water is at the, the furthest point away from yeah. the hole. In the bunker. So as you're yeah, looking yeah. at the green, the water is in is in, is in in the back. Yeah, right? nearest the tee. Yeah, nearest the tee, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the water's go. in there and there's no... Okay, yeah. well I think... Um, I have some memories about people having, you know, having to get out of bunkers before with drops from certain situations, and because you're escaping the hazard, it's a penalty. So I'm going to stick with that kind of train of thought and go with option B. You can drop outside the bunker, but it costs him a penalty shot. And Alan, you were very confident of this beforehand. Oh, devastated, yeah, devastated. I can't go different. I was going to make a commitment that on next week's show, actually, I still will. That if if myself and Barry are wrong in this, I'll actually eat my boxers on okay. on next week's show. Just <laughs> it's, to, it's it's definitely be 
Definitely be. Just to again. clarify, Alan will be the only one eating anything. Yeah. And yeah. Be the ones I'm wearing right now. <laughs> that might be our first video podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. that um, okay, well, listen, as always, we'll give the answer at the end. Um, so listen, we're going to look back to next week. I suppose before we did, the one thing I was going to have a quick chat is, do you, do you guys play any golf over the weekend? Nope. I was down in Connemara cycling 80 kilometers on a bike wow. in the wind. So I did and not play golf. No, there was no rain, thankfully. Okay. Didn't get any rain okay. down in Connemar. So I had a weekend off golf. You had a bit of a redemption, Alan. Yeah, a big bit of a comeback after last week. Yeah. yeah. But um, unlike James, every time I played this weekend, it involved a lot of rain. Yeah. <laughs> had a four ball on, four ball, a good four ball on Thursday. So we won that. So we yeah. went to the quarterfinals. And then myself and yourself, Bob, played a scramble on Friday with a couple of other guys. We did. And we came third. Yeah. Picked up a nice... A couple of bottles of booze. Yeah, that'll go down. A bottle of vodka. Yeah. won't go to waste. Oh, nice. Way better than winning bottles of wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. it? A gin and a bottle of vodka? A gin and a bottle of vodka, yeah. Dingle uh, gin and vodka, actually. Dingle what? distillery. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a new distillery down in Kerry, yeah. So yeah. I'll sample it over the next few days and report back next week. <laughs> Please and, do, yeah. Um, and then on Saturday, it got washed out. So I went to watch the Barton Shield, which is, I suppose, for those who don't know, it's a. A foursome competition, interclub competition in Ireland of kind of with no handicap, so you put your best players out. So there was some cracking golf in that. So that mm. was that was enjoyable. You weren't playing in the I was not. So <laughs> you weren't the best player to be sent out. I was no, I, I wasn't even the best player to watch. <laughs> uh, Barry, you played a bit, did you? Played a little bit. We had an exchange day with another course in the, the local area called Old Connor, which yeah. is a, it's a nice course. It was in absolutely fantastic condition. The yeah. greens were like velvet. Uh, unfortunately, the rest of the only, I only saw the right side of the course that day. I had a snap hook on the first tee, and the swing just changed to slice everything for the rest of the day. So, But um, stunning course. It was in great condition. And then I got home and booked myself in to play golf the very next morning at 20 to 8. Was the so, weather better? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Um, it was in t-shirt the whole day. So, was, nice. Yeah, I can't beat that. And, uh, Just out of curiosity, a podcast wouldn't be a podcast without having, asking how many times you smothered your drives last weekend. <laughs> Just once. Just, Just once on the first and old con. The first. And, and the I ball paid, didn't see it coming. And I paid for it the next 17 holes. <laughs> you you smothered the, the other 17 holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mouth so. to mouth on the first screen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I kind of sorted a few things out on Sunday. So, uh, plenty of golf in the week ahead, which we'll touch on that next week. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you play well? I did. I played with your staff on Friday. Right, and yeah, apart from that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember. Oh, yeah. that. I have a recollection of you playing Friday. Yeah. You obviously carried him for the whole round, did you? No, funny enough. Actually, Bob made a very good chip in on the last hole as well to just to kind of just to lock down our price. It was a bit of a tactical. The tactical Mourinho mo- moment, I think, also as well. I was on the green. I had my, it was a par three, long par three, and I hit it to about fifty feet. Yeah. And Niall, who was one of the guys, which I think plays off three, he hit it to about twenty feet, but he was off the green. So I was like, "Well, we're never going to haul a fifty footer." So I said, "Let's go." And Alex Alan's a very good chipper, and so was Niall. He was quite a good chipper. So I said, "Well, why don't we just take the twenty footer and chip because we have a better chance of hauling that fifty footer?" So anyway, two, actually, the sixteen handicapper made a really good effort. Didn't yeah. make it. Then Alan had a good... No, no I think you were last. Niall went, yeah. Niall went and barely just missed the hole and yours truly chipped in. 
Nice. Actually, That's... my only contributions were probably the first and the last. <laughs> I <laughs> held, held That's all you have to remember. Yeah. It, yeah. So, uh, yeah, two, so two birdies. Bob won it for the team. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I did send down a message, but I'm taking the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh, have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, played on Saturday, but played played so poorly, I've signed myself up for a lesson this week, so that's it. So, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of need to get, get back to the basics, I think. Um, so that was it. So, yeah, very good. But moving on to, I suppose, more higher level of golf. Much, we have some much higher level. Much, much higher level. Starting off with the BMPGA, uh, Richard Boxall said, and might have just said this in the, in the column in a moment, but he reckoned that the tour, the BMPGA, BMW PGA was the best tournament on the European tour that he's been at in the last 15 years. And it was an excellent tournament. Uh, it was, but I don't know whether he's slightly exaggerating, but I can't really think of many in recent years that were as good as the final day. No. Um, I, I'd be very close to agreeing to that. Um, I think it was the best tournament by far this year on yeah. both tours. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was absolutely amazing on Sunday. Mm. Just barely five minutes went by without some absolutely incredible thing happening that yeah. just changed the entire face of the tournament. And I sat there enthralled the whole afternoon. I thought it was wonderful. It was riveting, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was uh, the great thing about it was it was birdies as well. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't bogeys and pars. It was actually there were firing birdies from all over. Well, there was so. triple bogeys as well. Well, there was a bit of everything, like. But yeah. uh, I, I, I think we touched on it last week. The fact that it finishes with two par fives makes it very exciting because yeah. there's birdies there, you know. So they like certainly McIlroy finished unbelievably in the last few holes. It was five, yeah, five hundred in the back nine. Yeah, it was just a brilliant tournament to watch. I mean. From from Thursday through to Sunday, I actually watched it um, while I was supposed to be working in inverted commas on Thursday and Friday, and uh, it, it was great even then. So uh, yeah, built up brilliantly. And for the record, McElroy won. He was seven behind Bjorn going into final round. And he won. Um, Shane Lowry had a great uh, great finish. He finished off second, just one behind Lowry, which I suppose for ourselves. Uh, we were kind of cheering him on as well, so that was great to see. Stenson had a very good finish, finished seventh. He was putting it up to Scott as well, who was playing in the States. So, all in all, a great, brilliant tournament, really. Well, I, I, I watched bits and pieces because I was away for the weekend, but um, the thing I took from Rory winning was that uh, I'm going to tell my fiancé that my uh, marriage to her is off just the week before the <laughs> captain's prize at the end of the day, as <laughs> it seems to work. Uh, I, I thought it was, for what I saw, was it was a really good tournament. Uh, and interestingly, I heard a comment by McGinley saying that as far as he's concerned, that was the most mature exhibition of golf by Rory McIlroy mm. so far in his career that mm. he is now getting to that point in his career that he on bad weeks is still in the top 10 mm. but when he puts it together he puts four rounds together he wins the tournament and that's very Tiger-esque yeah well I thought it was very interesting that his his putting was actually quite poor um, at stages throughout the final day and even the previous days but when it came down to the last four or five holes he made a good few six to eight footers yeah, on yeah, each yeah. hole which kind of, I suppose, shows that, as you say, James, he's kind of maturing and he's he can actually dig it out now when he needs to. Yeah, I thought I thought the thing was the crucial thing for him this week was that for the last number of weeks he's been getting these top tens, but he's been sneaking into the top ten Back after door. just making the yeah. cut with good weekend rounds and particularly good rounds on Sunday. Whereas this time round, you could argue seven shots is not exactly realistic that he'll win the tournament, but he was in a position that that good round on the Sunday could actually get him the win, and it turns out it did. And the others felt, you know, Bjorn faltered. But this was the first week that Rory didn't have one horrendous round over the four. You know, this mm. really, he had a 68, 71, 69, 66. 
But the interesting thing though was he actually started very poorly in most of his rounds. Like certainly mm-hmm. on the Saturday, I think he came out and had a double on the first, yeah. and he made a good he made a good eight footer on the second for par. Um, so and he did the same on Sunday. He didn't start he didn't start the final round great. Right? So he actually he came out nearly every day and played poorly at the start, but then found a way of getting the birdies. So. I think I think the great thing about Wentworth is it's a tough start. The first three yeah, holes yeah. are brutally difficult, yeah. and if the, all the commentators said all the week long, if you can get through those and even one over par, you're actually doing quite well and you're quite happy, and you can hang on to the ninth, maybe make the turn and level par one under, then you make your score on the back nine, and it, the, the course played out brilliantly for the week. Yeah, well, I think Bjorn kind of opened the door for them as well. Because I think Macro was eight. Was he eight behind Bjorn going into the final round? Seven. Seven, was it? Yeah. So Bjorn opened the door a bit with his mm. with his slow start, and then he kind of he went into a bit of a meltdown in the last round. Yeah. So he was he he let them back into it where he just needed to start with a few pars, and they probably would have all tailed off. But he gave a bit of hope to the field. Yeah. On Saturday, Bjorn, I think he cycled through something like five birdies in a row or six birdies in a row. Stunning. And I was watching him, and I was watching Lowry, and this is more a question about Lowry that. I think the next stage developed for him is can he cycle off those six birdies in a row to kind of take control of a tournament? Like you see Bjorn over the years, he's won won plenty of European Tour events and he can take command of a, an event. I kind of felt Lowry was hanging in and make, he did make a couple of good birdies at the weekend but or on, on Sunday, but I suppose is that the next thing that he needs to do is start to take control of a tournament? Well, I think the interesting thing about Shane Lowry and somewhat what was said last week by Gary Murphy on the the interview on the interview was that there must have been nerves for Shane Lowry mm. over this week. Like yeah. he was still playing for a store card, he was still playing for money, and he, you know, I think now perhaps this season that he has that pretty much secured now for next season that he can go on and do that because he can play with a bit more relaxation. And mm. um, you know, he he's struggled a little bit lately, but this now hopefully will be the start for him yeah. to say, actually, I'm 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 here for next year. The money has been made. And now let's kick on. And it'll be interesting to see how Shane Lowry, you know, over the next couple of weeks performs and if he can actually push through and win one. There, there was one thing Lowry did amazing over the weekend. On uh, Over his four rounds, on three, only on three occasions when he dropped a shot or two shots, did he not bounce back with a birdie. Hmm. So every time he made a mistake, bar those three occasions, he was bouncing back with a birdie yeah. straight away and just riding it off and then just getting back on. Especially after, moving the, on. after that double bogey he had on, yeah. was it 13? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Straight back know, in with the two. And he, and he had two on the next. Yeah. But I think, he, I think his driving held him back this week. He, like... If his driving was a little bit better on the final round, I think he probably would have won it. Yeah, but the driver misbehaved. The three was fantastic. Yeah. The driver was just seemed to yeah, just put him in that little bit of trouble and put a little bit of pressure on him. And yeah. to go back to that thing you were saying about Bjorn, he reeled off those six birdies in a row. It was a nice little guy. He got asked about it afterwards, and they said, what were you thinking about? And he said, absolutely nothing. Just mm-hmm. nothing at all. No thoughts, just going out and just playing golf. Mm-hmm. And it was just brilliant to see somebody like that as a guy in the zone. I, I, I did read a stat, though, on Twitter over the weekend that the last time Bjorn led a tournament by five shots going into the final round, I think he shot an 86. Um, was that the European Open yeah, in, some, in, in the K-Club? Could have been that, yeah, I'm not sure, but it was it was years ago now. Yeah. So that was kind of, so he's, he, he's had a bit of history, but Bjorn is the kind of guy you think would have no problem causing mm. a tournament. He's well, I think it's, that is the term of the European Open. I, I think it's the... 17th in the K-Club which I think used to be the old 8th and has a water all down the left that's par 4 and he took a he shot an 11 on the hole and he was in he was in he was a co-leader now he started 5 ahead but he was co-leader and I think he 
Yeah. Well, that must have been it then, yeah. Yeah, ball after ball. Just, just say some journalist reminded him about that stuff before the round or just, yeah. you know, and, a, three. And, and after the round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd probably punch that journalist yeah. if you did that. Um, and I suppose we all had a little uh, fiver last week and very second week in a row. Eddie Pepperell doing the business. Going well, yeah. Yeah, 21st. Uh, Richard Ramsey was, I think, about 40th. And the left said about Cole Sertz and Kieros for UT Lancer, leave it at that. Yeah, but yeah. I was going to say, who did I go for? <laughs> uh, you went for Cole Sertz. All right, yeah. Cool. Who, I, th- I thought we made the cup, but he, had, he was very He was all right for the first four holes on Thursday, and I thought, oh, great, he's like two <laughs> off the lead. He was obviously in about the first fourth group out, but <laughs> he went south fairly quickly. Before we move on there as well, it's worth mention, quick mention to Luke Donald's short game on the back. Oh, my there. God. How yeah. good was that? Yeah. Two chip-ins? No. Two chip-ins, yeah. 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 It's outrageous, isn't it? That's brilliant. It's unbelievable. The chip in on 16 was just some, was a brilliant chip. Yeah, yeah. It was a tough shot as well. Yeah, it was tough. Like, it was a pretty tough shot, but like just... Yeah. He's just so clinical with that, with the chips. The yeah. sound of... The sound when he made contact with the ball was just beautiful. Yeah. Just this lovely click, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think you, were, you said that to us in the, in the text. Um, yeah. And the, and the interesting stat is whether that's Rory's first win on European soil. Wow. Yeah. It's really? amazing. Like you wouldn't think it, would you? No. I suppose he's won in Dubai a bit and stuff, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. He's never actually won on the European continent, yeah. Good. Oh, and he's not a big fan of the he's never played well at winter performance. No, no. He's kind of broken a good bit of ground. Moving on to the States, Barry, I saw very, very little of Colonial. So you might give me a brief overview of what happened uh, in the Colonial. Um, yeah, so it was actually quite an interesting tournament. Um, the golf course is a fantastic track, and all the players, more and more of the better players, are starting to play this course. It's a tight course. You don't, you know, a lot of the guys won't use driver on most of the holes, and um, nobody could really kind of, you know, separate themselves from the pack. Um, so where everybody found themselves at the start of day four was there was thirty seven players within four shots of the lead mm. so it was a punter's nightmare and I'd say just a nightmare being a pro trying to win as well yeah. because anything could happen but anyway as as it happened the cream rose to the top and Adam Scott responded to the, the challenge to keep his number one spot and um, finished off brilliantly ended up in a playoff with Jason Duffner and the playoff was fantastic actually the two of them were hitting perfect shot after perfect shot very high quality yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, I think Scott stuck on the second playoff hole in particular Scott uh, fired an iron in over the top of the pin to like 12 or 14 foot and Duffner stuck one into it four foot it was just slugging it out and Scott held his he held his Scott held his point. yeah using this new aim point trick uh, green reading trick which I won't go into um, mm-hmm. I'm sure people can find it online but it looks really funny him standing over the ball and you know holding a finger up in the air um, okay um, he went par, I, par birdie birdie in the playoff yeah, yeah he did yeah and, I uh, sometimes stand on a green with a finger up in the air but it's after the putt it's that birdie when you're playing a match with yeah, him yeah. 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 when he's coughing halfway through yeah. my backstroke yeah I don't know but um, Duffner was quite funny actually uh, after as he said um, it's tough to beat him he's a great player it's tough to concentrate he's so good looking do <laughs> <laughs> you share um, that view Barry? He's a good-looking guy, yeah. He's got uh, the uh, the one thing I really enjoyed was Peter Costas did his uh, slow mo swing analysis, and Scott's swing is just it's, it's like poetry in motion. Well, actually, that was one thing I did see. I think it might have been Thursday evening. Claude Harmon was on Sky Sports with Nick Doherty, and I think they went through three different golfers. And, and uh, Claude Harmon, who is Butch Harmon's son, and he's a, an excellent golf coach. I think he's Ernie Els' coach. He went through three golf swings. I think it might have been Furyk. 
Scott and one other one, and he went through Jimmy, and explained. Jimmy Walker, I think it was. Was it, it Jimmy? That's right, it was Jimmy Walker. Yeah, yeah, and it was brilliant. It was great. Yeah. You know, I must be the only about twenty minutes I saw, and but Claude Harmon was so easy to listen. And I mentioned before in previous podcasts that I, I'm a big fan of Butchers. And Claude is the same. He's so engaging to listen yeah. to, and his analysis was brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. I, I it was brilliant. Uh, I didn't actually know who. I didn't recognize Claude Harmon. Like, mm. I was like, "Who's this guy?" Because yeah, he uh, doesn't have the same look in the eyes. As his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was fantastic. He was very engaging himself. Yeah. And himself and Nick Doherty together. Yeah. I think that's probably the best studio yeah. combo they can have. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were wonderful. Um, though before we move on. One thing has to be commented as Duffner's putting was a bit ropey at times. Oh, it's horrendous. Well, I, he has a reputation of it at this stage. Yeah. Like it's, um, but I, I, I was kind of, I tuned in for the playoff now. But I was watching a little bit. I watched all the seniors open final rounds. So I was watching a little bit of Colonial on my phone. I was kind of dabbling in there a bit, and mm. I saw a bit of Duffner throughout the days, and he missed a couple of putts that, like, you, you wouldn't even say they were a foot, and he didn't even get close to them. Like they yeah. were desperate putts. He's, he's a serious case of the Ips, and I had a look at his stats. Today and he's um, he's down. He's like over 170th in strokes game putting. Really? So he's 179th in strokes game putting. Like, and he's obviously losing loads inside three feet. That's where he's losing so much to the field. Uh, yeah, exactly. The well, yeah. yeah, inside five feet he's 141st. Yeah. And for a guy like who Tito Green, he's so good. If he could actually just find a way of getting the ball mm-hmm. on the green, like, like there was two. He missed two putts inside a foot. Yeah. And there's two shots. So yeah. he would have won the tournament if yeah. he made them. He's never hidden from the fact that he dislikes putting, though. He said it on a number of occasions. He actually doesn't enjoy putting. And when he's won, he's gone on. He's actually put it great. Do you remember those two tournaments he won in three weeks? Like, like was it two years ago? He yeah. put it like a god. He couldn't, yeah. couldn't miss anything. So... I don't know. Maybe he just needs to learn to love putting, or you know, yeah, well, he's, he's, switch, switch, switch to left-handed or something. Maybe but you should just listen back to the podcast that we did about putting. <laughs> it could be it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he did. Maybe he did, and that's where he went. He's got that big fat, the big fat grip on it, and I actually had the fat grip on my putter, and I've gone away from that now. And I, the one thing I found when I actually used it is it talks you into thinking you're a bad putter. Yeah, because you're like I have a fat grip in my butter, so it's like I, there's obviously something wrong with my pudding. Yeah, and I actually moved away from it, and that was one of the reasons because of it. And I, so I, I, but I suppose there's like loads and loads of pros using it. So yeah, so, like everything in golf, it's just confidence, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's got to find. He'll just keep trying and finding it. He'll find something eventually. Uh, and also, the golf didn't just stop just there. Senior PJ Monty finally wins a major. Yeah, finally wins on U.S. soil. Yeah. As yeah, well. he's never won in, in America. Yeah, yeah, I watched. I watched the full round, the full senior championship there, and Monty was. In fairness to him, he was flawless. Really, he played super golf. Tee to green, played brilliant. Um, he just he blew them away. And in fairness, Tom Watson, who what is 64? 64. and he shot a sixty five. Yeah, yeah. Watson was absolutely beautiful to watch. I've never. I, he said he did an interview afterwards. And he said it's the best he's played tee to green in 10 years he had 17 of the 18 greens and he missed a bag full of birdie putts like reasonable reasonable distance birdie putts and he said himself afterwards the nerves just gone on the putting and he actually admitted it but he was his swing is still beautiful at that age exactly yeah and it, it was actually a cracking event it was cracking fun round to watch yeah i again i didn't see any of that but in relation to Tom Watson, would putting always would that have sometimes have been one of his weaknesses as well? 
Well, I well, I suppose I'm I'm not young enough or old enough. I'm not old enough to say that I've seen. Uh, Tune back in next week on Alan yeah. Figures to say <laughs> exactly. I'm not old enough to have seen much of him when I was younger, but I always thought that his putting was actually his strong point. Okay. That he was actually a very good putter when he went at yeah. his prime, and he obviously was. If you watched it win eight majors, eight nine majors, yeah, you can't be um, a bad putter and win that much. Exactly, but it seems to have gone now. I think he was suspect though inside seven or eight feet. Maybe yeah, we'll, have been maybe we'll, if maybe somebody come back to us. Remember the putt he hit against Sink as well when he went to boot oh, when the yeah, British Open. He just yeah. faffed it up to the hole. He, he did say afterwards, the short ones that he just yeah, he just can't. Yeah. I think it's probably because it has to be a shorter and softer stroke, whereas the longer ones you can yeah. actually make a more affirmed effort at it, and it's probably easier to hit the longer putts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the only thing about him, if he, if he plays like he did, he could still compete at a British Open or something like that. He's, he's, yeah. He hit it so well. He's still invited, because I was looking at the uh, the people who were invited for it, and he, he, I think at 60, if you're a past winner, you're no longer invited. But wasn't there a change done for Watson? I think that he's still invited. Yeah, but like he, could, he could still compete. Yeah. I could, because of the run you get in the fairways, and it's, it's a lot of touch and stuff around yeah. the next course. Especially on Hoylake as well, because this is where Tiger won with his two iron. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that'll be one to keep an eye out. And the golf didn't stop on Sunday, because we had more golf yesterday, which was Monday. We had US Open, and as we mentioned, Shane, Shane Lowry had a great week finishing second, and he also was leading qualifier in Walton Heath, shooting 69, 67, um, and all in score of minus eight. So he qualified again, so he's obviously continuing on the good form. And uh, Pork Harrington, I suppose, from, a, from a, a domestic viewpoint, and Kevin Phelan, unfortunately, didn't make it, but uh, the good role continues on for Lowry anyway, it's good to see. Yeah. Um, just in terms of news as well, the. I was just touching on Lowry actually. Uh, he's currently 74th in the official world golf rankings and he gets into the USPGA by being in the top 100. And if he's in the top 20 of the race to Dubai by the end of June, the after the BMW International Open, he gets into the British Open. So And he's currently 15th. He could do with that because, you know, he's the kind of golfer who could really excel at the British Open. Yeah, yeah. He has, if the form is on. He won his Irish Open in Baltray, which is a Lynx course. Yeah. So that's one to keep an eye out. And, okay, cool. Well, listen, moving on then, we're going to give an update next. Alan's going to give us an update on our top 200 competition. So I might just give a brief overview because I know we might have a couple of new listeners listening this week and then maybe just give a, an update of where we're at. Yeah, this is a competition that we do where we pick two players, um, one from the US tour and one from the European tour, and each player must be outside the world's top 200 uh, world rankings. So if any new listeners would like to enter, if you send your two players to our Twitter handle, which is at PodcastGTS, and put your two players down and put hashtag top 200, yep. either before or after your players, um, we will keep entries open for probably another seven weeks up to the British Open and the winner will get a four ball voucher for Carton House and we will we'll obviously wrap it up around the Dubai event I think at the end of November. Mm. But just to give a quick update then for this week, we had a couple of new entrants. Uh, so a quick welcome to Kenneth Quillanan and Gerard uh, who at Girk8, that is the only detail we had from his Twitter handle. Uh, so their players have been registered. Um, to give a quick update on where everyone stands at the end of this week, we had a, one big mover really, which was Russell Coombs, who had Nicholas Thompson, who finished third in the Colonial. So he moved up 65 spots. Wow. Kieran Ahern moved up 20 spots, or 21 spots mainly due to Sebi Benson. And Stephen Halpenny moved 27 spots to stop his rot. He had Eddie Pepperell. Yeah. Um, no major losers in the week. There was a few people dropping a few spots, but and the, sorry, the top three will, is still unchanged. So Stephen O'Connor is at two seven two. I'm at two nine three, 
and Davy de Grief is at 298. And we will post up the leaderboard uh, this evening for people to see where they're standing. Very good. I think I have Camillo Vijegas in my team. I think he must have been off cycling with James rather than playing golf <laughs> the way his world ranking is going. <laughs> no side of him anywhere. Um, excellent. Great. Well, thanks for that, Alan. Uh, our main topic that we're going to discuss this week, based on the fact that we've had the US Masters already, we've had the players, and we've had the flagship event in the European Tour, we're going to give a quick update on the Ryder Cup, what the teams are at, and we're also then going to circle around the table and give a, an overview of who we think will make the European team and the US team. Uh, Barry, do you want to just give us a quick uh, overview of how the standings are for both teams at the moment and how... Yeah. So and and the qualif and basically how what the qualification is. So we start with the home team. Yep. So how it works for Europe, we have two points lists, um, nice and complicated, just for you know ease of checking it out. So the points list that takes precedence is the European points list, and on that list qualifying at the moment are Victor Dubuisson, Jamie Donaldson, Thomas Bjorn, and Henrik Stenson. After that, we move on to the world points list, and there's five golfers qualify from that, and those golfers are Rory McIlroy, Sergio Garcia, Luke Donald, Justin Rose, and Martin Keimer. So we will then move over to the US team, and they have a much simpler system for us. They're top nine qualify, and they have three wild cards, much like Europe do. And the top nine as it stands are Bubba Watson, Jimmy Walker, Matt Kuchar, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Jim Furyk, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, and Zach Johnson. So, cool. we we did this before. We actually all thought Europe would win. Well, so I, I didn't. I said the same. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I said, and I, and I'm Jumping sticking, in there I'm, quick. And I'm sticking by that theory. Okay. The European golfers are more informed. They are coming into a bit more form. And I, we mm. obviously did this a couple of months ago. Sure. So yeah. it's always it's good to give an update. But... Um, I, I know I'm still back in the States, but I suppose we're going to kind of pick our own teams, are we? Yeah, so I think if we look at the European team, based on the standings and the amount of points achieved, we can assume that in Europe, that Dubuisson, Donaldson, Bjorn, Stenson, McElroy, Garcia, Donaldson, Rose, they're all those eight are in. Yeah, I have yeah. all them in my team. Mm-hmm, I have them on mine. Yeah. 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 The ninth spot is Keimer at the moment, and I just stopped it just for him because he's the outlier at the moment. Do we, do we have Keimer all getting in? He'll be in the team. Yeah, I think he'll definitely get in the team, but he's a bit exposed in that ninth spot. Mm. Ninth spot. Um, like he'd certainly, like, all it takes is one guy behind him to have a very big week, and then he's and then he's straight out. I have him in my team just because I think he's playing very well, and I think he's back to his best. He's had three, four weeks in a row now, including a win. I mm. I think he's going to carry on, because even now, since he had his win, he's been a bit tired, and he still had a good finish in BMW. So I think he's going to kick on. I think he's contended majors, and I think the majors is where a lot of these guys will yeah. maintain their positions. I agree with that. I think he'll kick on and keep the form for a while. So that means... Okay, well, let's move on to the wild card. I don't want to reveal my wild cards just yet. Um, should I should start away? Well, that we means should probably highlight the players who are outside. There's a yeah. lot of, because there's a lot of big players outside. I, I think at the moment, Poulter... Westwood, Jimenez, Francesco Monari, yeah. uh, Graham McDowell, Eus Loughton, Stephen Gallagher, to name only a few. Mm-hmm. Matteo Manassero. There's a lot, a lot of good guys who are still outside yeah. outside the reckoning. That's it. I actually didn't even notice GMAC. Yeah. I was just about to say, I see you writing GMAC there, so you obviously, <laughs> you obviously don't have him as a wild card. I actually <laughs> do now. I, I had Poulter in, anyway, you have to have Poulter in. Yeah, he's a lock no matter what. Um, I had Jimenez. And then I had, I couldn't decide between Loughton or Westwood. And I think I was going to go Westwood. But I think now, actually, now that GMAX mentioned, I think I'd scratch Jimenez, a bit controversial, scratch Loughton, and I'd go Poulter, GMAC, and Westwood. 
I had the exact same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Um, you kind of hope that Poulter would get into his team because you know he's definitely going to get a wild card. Yeah. So he's kind of a wasted wild card nearly, isn't he? So who, okay, hang on. Question then. Who would you rather he bump out of the automatic nine then? Well, like, like in an ideal world, you'd probably lose... Jamie Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I, I was lucky at my list going. Yeah, Jamie Donaldson just. Yeah, he looks but, boring. But I think, he's got, too, I think he's got too many points. Yeah, it, he's, he's in. in. He's yeah, in. Yeah, so, yeah, so, like so and Victor de Buzan or, is also or, in, so. or Bjorn. I, I'd like. To, yeah, and I think Bjorn is still slightly vulnerable. He's he's got a lot of points, but I think he could still get knocked out. But if Bjorn's vulnerable, then Donaldson is as well. So maybe we can get our wish and Donaldson and Bob I don't. Out. I don't. I think, I think they. They talked with Dubuisson, um that they say the mark to qualify is 2.2 million. So those three guys are above that then, Dubuisson, yeah. Donaldson and Bjorn. So yeah, I think they're in. I think that's it, they're done. Because McGinley said that Dubuisson's 99% done based on his points. So can we just ask McGinley to play Donaldson in the singles only? <laughs> <laughs> I think actually Donaldson's going to do very well in the US majors. I think he might feature in the US Open. Well, kind of like top 20. Yeah. I think he's very much underrated yeah, by I'm, this table anyway. I, I was looking. Yeah, I think I think he'll do well, Donaldson. Actually, he's like he's pretty good. But I'd prefer Poulter. If you're, if you're telling yeah, me Poulter's yeah, going to get in yeah. instead of someone, Donaldson's the one that would stand out to drop out. But like... I was thinking. I was looking at guys for my wild cards, and I was thinking, "Geez, Stephen Gallagher probably deserves a spot." But is he? Does he have any chance of getting in ahead of G Mac Westwood uh, or Poulter? No. no, no. But you see, I think that's. I, I think the point about Donaldson is, I'm sure he's. You know, he's a good player, and he deserves to be there on 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 the form and on the points. But you're looking at the players that aren't in that team right now, and thinking, mm. "Oh Lord, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Jimenez, McDowell, one of those four at this point and if you add in Martin Keimer for the moment there's five players fighting for three four spots mm. four spots which means that there's going to be a big names and big names not going mm. and the question I would pose is you know out of the list that's there if Jamie Donaldson goes instead of someone like Ian Poulter or McDowell is it what's in the best interest of the European team I know he's, he's qualifying by the basis of the system but Does is he a better a crowbar to his knee well, no, but is, he, is he you know like would you prefer to have McDowell going rather than Donaldson you know that's that I think is there's somebody yeah, who's got to be missing out on I suppose Donaldson is there on merit and fairness G-Mac, yeah. hasn't, G-Mac hasn't played very well so he does he, at the moment he probably doesn't deserve to be in the team but I, I think the interesting point to look at is if if someone gets in instead of Keimer, who's and, and he's not like any in Poulter or something, if you had to drop someone from Poulter, GMAC, Westwood, or Keimer, Molinari, who would you drop? Uh, I, I wouldn't even Molinari wouldn't even come into the record. No. Like if Molinari got into the team and he knocked out Keimer, so you had Keimer, Poulter, GMAC, or Westwood, who would you drop? Do you know what? I think Westwood needs to win to jump ahead of Keimer. Yeah, I think Westwood's vulnerable if, if if another big name falls out. Like if if you had those four, I'd probably take Keimer, GMAC, and Poulter, and I and I'd leave Westwood. Well, I think the course they're playing. Um, Glen Eagles. Glen Eagles, yeah. Well, like again, like I think Westwood's length could really help there, you know. Whereas, but is the reality when it comes down to these three wild cards, and we're sitting in you know late May, you know the Ryder Cup's September. It's going to, it's going, yeah, but it's going to come down to who's playing well come mid-August through to the end of August. Because that's that's like, if Lee Westwood does nothing between now and the beginning of August and then is playing really, really well, hits some form, 
then he's he, he's going to be in that team because he's a man on form. I think that's a great point. I think if it does come between four big names who've all been there, thereabouts in majors this year and over the years, it may come down to form. Well, I, I kind of disagree. I think no matter, as long as they're like not shooting 85 every year, I think it doesn't matter what Poulter or GMAC do. They're, I think those two are definitely in. As long as they're showing a remote little bit of form, I think mm. they're in. So then I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually roll the dice here and say that I think Clymer might drop drop out of the standings to get a wild card and I think Westwood's going to miss out he's okay. my big name to miss out ok so you think Westwood's going to miss out I'm yeah. going for Jimenez Loughton and Molinari to miss out well now Jimenez is in one of the four of my list but I think that is only because of how he played over the last couple of weeks mm. and the character that he is the enjoyment that we all see when he's playing and just the relaxed atmosphere or the, the relaxed attitude he plays when he goes out but would you take him ahead? Would you take him and drop out a McDowell or a Westwood or a Poulter? Don't think so. So you see, just shows you how strong the European team is. Yeah, yeah. it is, and we—it's often said that it's quite—it it, it can be seen as weak. But there's a lot of them are showing up this season and playing mm. very well. And mm. are we starting to get a bit bullish and confident? But the last time we looked at it as well, the European team was all it were really out of form, and there wasn't a lot of these guys. Yeah, you were team. almost on it, Alan. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Let's not get crazy here. Well, actually, the he one didn't person make his own club team. The one person who is glaringly obvious who is out of form or we haven't seen him in ages is Dubuisson. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, he he's had a shoulder injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's. But he's a lock. He's, he's in. in. He's yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but there's always you always get there, and you always have one guy who back who who got in off the previous year and yeah. got a load of points, mm. and who gets in there and he's not on form. And Dubuisson could be that guy. There's always one, uh, at least one. He's only played twice in the last twelve weeks, so you know it's just get over the injury. And yeah. I think he'll just he'll be able to just jump back in after a few weeks to that confidence level he gained in the match play. Oh, I don't know about that. I think I think things like shoulder injuries can almost. Ruin a full year for you. Yeah, Justin Rose had a, didn't he have a shoulder injury and he's been a bit iffy now. It's only recently he started showing a bit of form. Yeah, yeah. I think but it can be a lot harder, harder you think, to come back, come back from injury. Um, moving on to the US list, can I assume that we're all taking Bubba Watson, Jimmy Walker, Matt Kuchar, Speed, DJ Fjork? They're all pretty much in, aren't they? Mm. We've, well, quick update actually, just as we're recording the show, the US list has been updated. So Zach Johnson has actually been bumped outside the top nine. Um, oh, Jason maybe. Jason Duffner is into seventh after his. This is live recording, people. This is off the minute because yeah. I only looked at that an hour ago. Yeah. So it's where's Patrick Reed? Patrick Reed is in eighth. So the guy we don't want to see at all with the the ego the size of the moon is uh, slowly sliding out. He's of the not top. even in the top three of his own team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not he's not in the top three in the world or the top three in his own team. Yeah, the the Ryder Cup is no place for big egos like that. I don't think. So I think we all so agree you're not taking we, Tiger then are you in your wild card? <laughs> no, but it, there's a way there's a way to put that ego out there. I think Reed does it the wrong way. But yeah, anyway, but, like, I'm going to leave that aside. Yeah, yeah, I think Tiger's backed up his ego enough. <laughs> not, uh, I don't, and I don't even know if he has him. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> okay, can we say Mickelson is going to make it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna make it through the nine, but he'll be there. Yeah. I think he'll make it through the main. Probably will. Yeah. Um, like British Open. Um, I'm a bit unsure about the US Open um, but then Mickelson notoriously goes quiet in the second half of the year okay. he's always done that maybe he's doing so, a flip this year though because he started this year extremely quiet exactly but usually usually he starts the year really well and then he drops off Like mm-hmm. he's only ever won one tournament after August or something he like said that. recently he's playing, he feels like he's playing very well 
So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if but he actually I, kicks on. I'd yeah. love to see him win the US Open, but that's yeah. that's for another show. I think Bob's right, though. I think the majors will get him in. So do you have him in your team? I, yeah, I do. I have him in my team. Does everyone have him in yeah. their team? One way or the other, yeah. Zach Johnson? Everyone in their team? Yeah, I think he'll get there. Uh, Dupner? Yes. Yes, he'll definitely get there. So we're all... Especially after that now. He's, he's kind of almost attached himself to where Jim Furyk is and the Patrick Reed, we're getting rid of him. Yeah. He's so gone. we have nine. So we have our nine. Okay, so we have our nine. So then let's get straight down to I'm always worried now that I've forgotten somebody because I forgot Tiger the last time we did this. Yeah. Um Barry, who are your wild card picks? Who are your three that you're going for? Well now that Dauphner's in, actually you have to update well, my name. But well, Brock, well, can we go first? Okay. I'm gonna go with Rock I want I'd love to see Ryan Morin. Um, no from a fan's point of view, okay, if I was a US fan, Ryan Moore, Keegan Bradley. Can I ask a question? If you were the captain, if you were Tom Watson, would you pick Ryan Moore? Well, I think the silence. But I think that's not over. You know miss yeah. Ricky Fowler. Yeah. I think, I think the way you got to look at this is the guys who are actually outside the top nine at the moment are Harris English, Ryan Moore, Tiger, Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Keegan Bradley, Hunter Mayhan, Bill Haas. And Branch Nettiger. And you're telling me that Ryan Moore is going to get in ahead Sorry, of all no, those guys? I miss, oh, no, I miss Ricky Fowler. I'd put Ricky Fowler in ahead of Moore. I don't hear someone back in. I wouldn't even go close to Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I don't have Fowler in my team. Either do I. Do you want to give us your three on? Yeah, my three are obviously Tiger. Okay, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I know you might have differing views yeah. on me, but I think if he's if he's even on one leg, he'll be in there. Yeah. Um, or one back. And <laughs> my other two, uh, I've kind of gone with majors, and I think... Webb Simpson is great. Webb Simpson and Keegan Bradley are great match play golfers. I think they're. I've gone Simpson, Bradley, and English Harris English. I think he's the kind of guy that's just going to keep playing well, and I need, I need to get in. But I think it could be tight. I and it's funny you mentioned Mahan and Snedeker, but I just don't think they're playing that well. And, and Mahan's short game isn't great. I've left Tiger out because I have a theory that he may not come back for the rest of the summer. And I think then if it's a case of if he's missed the USPGA, I think. He's not going to come back for the Ryder Cup. I don't think he's want to going to come back and play, you know, half hour golf as a as a wildcard pick. I think if he misses the USPGA, he'll miss the Ryder Cup. I can see that. I, well, I, I've got Tiger with the asterisks. If he doesn't play in the last major, he doesn't go yeah. um, mm. to the Ryder yeah. Cup. Yeah. And I, I, I actually think that if he misses the last major, he may actually sit out this, the rest of the season and not come back until uh, January, February of next year and yeah. just take the time, just yeah. take the whole year and come back and yeah. lead up to the Masters yeah. and not rush himself back. Because why would you? My three were Tiger Woods with the asterisks, as sure. I said. I went Keegan Bradley. I have him in there, no doubt. And I went with Brant Snedeker as my third. So do you think he's going to start? Snedeker's going to start showing a bit of form going into the end of the year, and that he'll be a, a kind of a, a pick, but because he's just outside. The yeah, I, 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 li- I like him as a player. I think that he's there, thereabouts, and he's consistent. And I think where you take the top nine that we've discussed, other mm-hmm. than the Patrick Reed, Zach Johnson bit that that we're debating but yeah. I think if you take all of them then I certainly think Brad Snedeker would be the person I take who will come into form and is good you mentioned Keegan player. Bradley as well I mean the obvious thing that he'd be picked is to pair with Mickelson because yeah. the two of them make a great pairing yeah. as well Barry have you got your I've got back to, okay back to three I would go Ricky Fowler Keegan Bradley and Tiger Woods and Asterix yeah um, and then the outsiders having a look in at that spot would be Snedeker English and Billy Horschel who do you think is going to make it though I'd actually go. Back. I'd actually go Harris English. I think yeah. he's. Uh, I think he's a superb golfer, and I think um, they might actually. They might actually give the youth a chance. Uh, bump him ahead of Snedeker. 
Watson's the guy. But hold on a second. Sorry, you just said Bradley, Fowler, and Woods. Yeah, and, and then the outsiders were said. The outsiders for that one spot if he doesn't get oh, in. Oh, for the Woods spot. Yeah. So you'd then be taking Bradley, Fowler, kids. and English. Yeah. Kids, kids, okay. kids. You got, you got, you got to listen up here. Like, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't that complicated. I only had 12 different options. I think if Woods doesn't go, I think I, I think if Schneider shows some form, I think I'll take him. And then I think Mayhan. Mayhan shows a bit. Mayhan's all over the place. The last yeah, he's a great four. He'd be a great force, Mr. Player. Just totally, yeah. just arrowed straight. And he's experienced. So, sorry, recap then. Who were your three again? My three were Tiger, Simpson, and Bradley. And if Tiger doesn't go? If Tiger doesn't go, then I think Schneider will go if he shows a bit of form. And not Mayhan. Well, Mayhan, if, if Schneider doesn't show form, then Mayhan. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. If Mayhan's not form. And if Mayhan's not showing form? Yeah. And okay. you thought it was easy. Yeah, I'd hate to be the captains of either team. actually did okay. <laughs> yeah, if any uh, of our listeners are confused, tweet us. Yeah, no, um, that's good. Okay, cool. Well, I think that kind of gives us a good flavour where we're at. And there's a couple, obviously a couple of big players that not need to start playing some serious golf, um, particularly on the European side. Uh, so that's very good. And we'll, we'll maybe, might do another Ryder Cup update, maybe after either the British Open, maybe, or the US PGA, after maybe. PGA, maybe. PGA, yeah, we'll do it again, because I think that was a bit of crack. Okay, listen, let's have a look forward to next week. Memorial Tournament, uh, Jack's Tournament. Uh, this is another one of the highlights of the calendar, really, isn't it? And if I remember right, Rory's 8-1 to favourite, isn't that right? Yeah. Um, and is, I think we have Adam Scott, Adam Scott's 11s, uh, Matt Kuchar's 16s, Justin Rose, Luke Donald. Another really, really good field here. Um, anyone having a bet on this? I, I have, I'm going to have a bet on Matt Kuchar. I never thought I'd say the day when I thought 16s on Matt Kuchar was wow. a good price, but I actually think it is. His record there is phenomenal. But he missed the cut last weekend. Uh, wouldn't be too bothered about that. Oh. Put the feet up, kick back, relax. He's yeah. top 10. He's top 10 the last five times he's played there, with the win, the second, and a fifth. Interesting. Yeah. And, um, I, and I was actually look, kind of having a little peek at Hunter Mayan as well. Really? Even though he's fallen out of form a bit. But he's had a bit of a break, I think. I, I haven't really noticed him playing recently. Well, he's been playing, yeah, but he's he just not very well. Okay. <laughs> uh, how's Jason Day's injury these days? I think we'll find out this weekend. Because <laughs> he's, he's, thir- he's 33 to 1. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's always Mr. Consistent. Mm. Um, it's a great I, event, though. It's a cracking event in Memorial. Yeah, 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 it's a brilliant course. Great golf course. Yeah. Just the tr- it gets more and more troublesome the closer to the hole you get. Yeah. That's a real feature of Jack's, Jack Nicholas' designs, isn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful. Just uh, hit, your, hit your greens in regulation. Your very, very small greens in regulation. It's the exact kind of course, because I played one of his courses and I was away. It's the exact kind of course that does not suit me because I can hit I can hit it down the fairway, but I can't hit green, so it totally doesn't suit me. Um, Just as well you're not playing, then, isn't it? Well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh um, no, you're down here. You're, 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 you're seven hundred and fifty to one, Bob. <laughs> Get in. Have, have a bet on that. Yeah. Uh, you haven't any bets, Barry? I haven't. I haven't looked too yeah. in depth at it yet. So um, let's, I like that Kucher one. That's not bad. Sixteen to one, very short. I, I'm kind of ha- I'm half waiting for James to give uh, his uh, his little idea on who he's going to gamble on this week. Oh, well, as I said, if, if Jason Day's injury is is not not in a huge problem, I think thirty three to one is a fairly fairly decent price for him. And actually, uh, sorry, I just looked. There's actually forty five to one available with uh, with one of the bookmakers of forty fives. Oh, well, there you go. It gets mm-hmm. better. Yeah, so there you go. I was going to have a bet on. Bill Haas this week because I think he likes the he has a good record on the classical courses but I understand we're going to you had your pick Barry for our little fiver for every week yeah. so I'm going to take well, sorry you go ahead who are you going with first then well I decided this week because the top of the market's a bit squashed on the odds yeah. we'll go a little bit outside try get a bit of value so I chose Ryan Moore at 50 to 1 
and you guys can't select anybody inside 40 to 1 for the bet um, James who are you going to go for uh, I went Keegan Bradley Keegan Bradley so you're not going on Jason Day I can't he's 33 to 1 it depends on which we, way we, we, pick, we pick our odds <laughs> from a particular bookmaker uh, that yeah. has a green colour yeah, okay. yeah so yeah, yeah, we, 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 we restricted to Paddy Barber so that's um, that's fair enough I'll go Hunter Mayan Hunter Mayan and I'm going to go Bill Hunt so we have our have our players for fiver and we're going to start controlling our start counting it up so and we're going to do very little favour and start from two weeks ago so you're 2 nil up right I do need every advantage in every yeah. sport and bet yeah, yeah. Um, good to give something back to the little people every now and then, Barry. It is, it is. Not that little. No, he's not. <laughs> um, well, and then what we're also discussing, I like that whoever wins one week then gets fourth pick the, la- the next week. Yeah. So yeah. We're going reverse order from results. So I like that. It gives, it gives the person... So you're going to be first next week again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to go three feet. Moving on, guys. Um, Nordea, Masters. Actually, quite a decent field. Uh, Stenson, Molinari, Bjorn, Blix, too. I'm kind of to see how he plays. Jimenez, the aforementioned Stephen Gallagher. Shane Lowry's going out there again to play. A lot of golf for him. Where uh, is Nordea? It's in Sweden. Yeah, there we go. Thanks. Yeah, so that, that's I'll check it out for you. <laughs> uh, so, no, I presume no, no one having a bet necessarily. I was the same as you, but I was kind of interested in Blix, but it's had a new course. It's an old course for him. It's, yeah. hard, it's hard to pick. I think Blix went well last week, and then the other guy was one of Barry's old favourites, Lucas Bjerregaard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. to one. He went well in the open qualifier. He there. did indeed, yeah. And the, Sc- the Scandinavians tend to do quite well in their home events or in that area of the, the yeah. golfing world. Yeah. So that, that's an interesting one to pick up on. Mm. I heard an, one interesting thing about this course, just with the, the Shane Lowry team we have gone this week, that it, it has reminded a couple of journalists of the Monty course in Carton House, like an inland link style mm. course. And he tends to do very well at that course, so... Um, yeah. look, if, if anyone's having a bet it could be worth bearing that in mind uh, inland linksy style pretty good Victor uh, Dubruce on playing this week that's exactly what I was about to say to yeah I just noticed Victor, Victor Dubruce back and we just mentioned so that's good to see him we might have a bit more we'll have a that's a big price for him isn't it but it's obviously all injury related and yeah. lack of playing yeah. yeah it's a bit of a Jason Day factor really as well yeah um, funny enough you mentioned the Monty of course Barry you're playing the Monty on Wednesday is that right yeah we're, myself James and Stuart are going for kind of a quick playing lesson with our pro and oh. the four of us are going down to a pro-am in the west of Ireland in a couple of weeks time yeah. so it's time to fine tune the games and um, get the teamwork going hopefully get a win down in the west is that your only golf James until next weekend yeah yeah you're playing the weekend yeah I'm playing the weekend what do you guys have on the weekend we have a single stable for it. I have my singles match play on Thursday as well, and then golf with yourself on Friday in Carton House. Friday evening, yeah, we're going to go for a few holes. Friday evening, sunshine yeah. golf. Yeah. So four days of golf in a row. Yeah, that reminds nice. me, I have to get my match play played as well before <laughs> the end of the month. <laughs> so three days. Any golf on the horizon for you on? Yeah, just a four ball on Saturday. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Not the major. Not the major. Very good. Okay, well, listen, um, that pretty much wraps us up. Just in relation to the rules related question. Very disappointed to tell our listeners that Alan will not be eating his boxers next week. Um, and the answer is that in in this case where James has hit his ball at the bunker and he it's casual water in the first half, if you want to take relief outside of the bunker, you have to take a penalty shot. So both of you are correct. So well done. It's, good. it's, it's a relief for all of us to not see Alan eating his boxers. Yes, exactly. But I wasn't planning on being present for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a sight to be old. So, 12-11. 12-11. That makes it sound like it's going to be The Twitter feed is going to go yeah. mad about that now. 
Great. Well, I think that's more or less wraps us up for this week. So thanks, guys. And listen, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.